And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. I have a dream that one day this nation will rise up, live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created in We are exploited. We are downtrodden. We are denied not only civil rights, but even human rights. So the only way we're going to get some of this oppression and exploitation away from us or aside from us is come together against the common enemy. I don't want you to protest. I don't want you to ride. I don't want you to write to your congressman because I wouldn't know what to tell you to write. I don't know what to do about the depression and the inflation and the Russians and the crime in the street. All I know is that first, you've got to get mad. You've got to say, I'm a human being. God damn it. My life has value. Get together. Have a few laughs. Week one of the Iowa Talk, guys. Welcome to the show. April 10th, 2022. The year of our Lord. Week one. Yep. Here's the uh, the pilot episode. If you're listening to this, thank you, first of all. Second of all. I'm talking to TP. I'm talking to Theo. We got E-Rock over here with the logistics end. We got the nerd over here. Yep. He's got his nerd glasses. Point Dexter. That's what we should change his name to. Andy. (laughs) Andy's in a cover band, so... Yeah, extra nerdy. So he's got the he's got the the instrument talent. So needless to say, <laughs> sorry ladies, he's taken. All right, so just back off. Yeah. All right. So, and he knows how to fix a headlight on a vehicle. I've seen it. It's true. Impressive. He's a handyman when he wants to be. All right. <clears throat> so, all right. Well, I guess we should probably start off with uh, you know in the mission statement of our show, right? What we're about. Do we actually have one? Pretty, yeah, kind of. I guess I do, but you guys may not. But I like to, uh, you know, I'm not the smartest guy in the world. Never have been, never will be. I just like to learn. I know we all do. So I want, uh, you know, want to help educate other people along the way while we're getting educated ourselves and stuff too. So, you know, we're just on a quest for truth here wherever it may lead, and uh, we want other people to follow us because I think, you know, it's about time uh, people are starting to wake up to stuff. They're they're starting to see the uh, the writing on the wall, which guys like us have been uh, researching for years, right? I mean, well, I mean, not in any professional degree, right? Well, as far as research can go on an amateur level, of, to the point where it completely changed our views of the way of the world, right? Right. T T. Here's the thing. Anybody can tell that we're being lied to right now. There's a massive lie campaign out there. They've been caught time after time, whether it's presidential candidates getting pissed on (laughs) or (laughs) um, whether it's magic bullets that travel through multiple people (laughs) and and then explode heads. You know, (laughs) stuff, shit that when you tried telling your kindergarten teacher, you know, you were called a liar. Right, yeah, you had to go to the principal's office. Right, for lying. And for being uh, disruptive in class, right, you know, not going along with the the uh, agenda of the rest of the class, right? So, yeah, I mean, for, for real, though, honestly, 
and part of that, I, I think a lot of people are waking up and they they want to wake up to a degree. But there's also a lot of people that don't want to wake up because <clears throat> being stuck in your own little fantasy world where nothing bad outside your window is going on because you're too busy worrying about what's happening on Grand Theft Auto Online or Fortnite. Uh, is that still a game? Yeah. Or um, uh, GTA. Was, yeah, GTA yeah, Online is actually still going pretty strong. Keep that Amazingly. thought. Wasn't that that was revolutionary at the Do, beginning of the century? <laughs> I mean, honestly, uh, it's still going. Like, was that Iraq? The game is. Uh, can you look that up for me? How created by a, some kind of convict or something? Rockstar. Well, that that game was released in like two thousand uh, uh, two, three, twelve. No. I th- I want to say that came out on Xbox 360. I'm talking first. like Vice City. Oh no, you're going, you're going all the way back to the original Grand Theft Auto one or three. Three was the the big one that really broke out, huh? Yeah, originally the first two were like a top down platform playing like a scroller. I just remember driving around uh, a virtual pretty much Miami. Yeah, yeah, that was Vice City. And uh, listening to Hall & Oates and shit, and Flock of Seagulls. Oh, dude, yeah, there's no doubt about it that the uh, soundtracks have always been a hit on the Grand Theft Auto games. But you know what? I mean, hey, look, I was in that cognitive dissonance state, too, where it was, and I was honest, I'll be honest about it, you know, video games were an escape from reality because, you know, at the time there was uh, stuff going on in my life that was just, you know, depressing as hell and... And in order to escape reality and my responsibilities as a man, as an adult, I would just play video games because, you know, I could win. Dude, I was it's still fun to do from time to time. From time to time. It can be a stress reliever. But like, like every day. I think about this, though. Okay. So I was when Call of Duty 4 first came out that, you know, the modern warfare revolutionized first person shooters with all this crap. Okay. Great game. Fantastic game. I literally got addicted to it. It was bad. I was within the, within the first like five thousand people in the world to get like level ten prestige. Okay. All right. Yeah. That's playing a lot of Call of Duty. It's right? Playing a lot of Call of Duty. Yeah. Look how much I have to show for it. <laughs> yeah. You're 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 trying to podcast in a garage now. Congratulations. Right. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, because I snapped out of that where I was not adding, I was not adding any value to my life whatsoever. And, you know, that was devaluing my life. And actually, it caused issues for my wife and I because I got, you know, so addicted to video games that I was neglecting other responsibilities and stuff. And she was like, hey, moron, you know, you're married. You have a kid. We have stuff we got to do. You know, I mean, I was still going to work and paying bills, but that was about it, right? So Speaking of going to work and paying bills, TP. Oh, let's. Which might let's, be getting a little harder. Let's, yeah, let's start at the beginning, though. We'll start at the beginning, not of of the uh, the recent monetary revelation of oh. Russia attaching their currency to a precious precious metal. We'll get back to that, but uh, if I understand it correctly, it's not much more complicated than in the United States. Like the five largest banks are in a cooperative agreement or like a cartel agreement. <laughs> good way to put it and they have control of all the nation's money supply right and it's called the federal reserve yes this is like the city banks and whatnot and yeah 
And anytime is, Congress needs, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, no, 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 I was just gonna say, which is not a part of the federal government, right, or a reserve of any kind. <laughs> so it's a printing press. So anytime Congress wants to spend money, which is ev- all the time, every every second of the freaking day, every shadow. L- look at how. Go to the debt clock. How much? How much debt are we? How much money we blown through a second? Chime in when you find that, please. But, Every little shadowy part of the government loves just spending as much money as they can. So every so when it when it's like yeah, you know, three point five trillion dollars of not our money, these bankers literally create this line of credit and lend it at interest to Congress, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, at interest. So <laughs> what kind of a figure are you looking at right now? Well, the U.S. national debt is up to that's in the trillions. Thirty trillion, cool. We're and it's going by the seconds. We're just blowing through it. Um, so thirty trillion dollars, and that's because right in the thirties there was an, a detachment from gold. Yes, they couldn't well finance massive pet projects while having currency attached to gold, so they had to detach it. Mm. And then it was finally closed in nineteen seventy one, right? With the creation of the petrodollar by Nixon. And and the closing of the gold window, right? Right. You're, well, you're receiving gold. So there are some other factors that played in account there. Like, so um, World War II, you know. So I've got, I've got the, uh, the Dallas News opinion uh, definition right here. On August 15, 1971, President Richard Nixon closed the gold window, meaning... The U.S. government would no longer honor its promise to redeem dollars for gold presented by foreign central banks. This ended the international monetary system known as Bretton Woods, 1946, John Maynard Keynes. Which I was getting at, too. Which prevailed since the end of World War II. So, yeah, end of World War II. So Europe was devastated due to war, right? The only attack that happened on U.S. soil was Pearl Harbor and then that uh, sabotage that happened in New York Harbor. Well, there was also some stuff in the Aleutian Islands, I think, too. Well... Okay. Not but exactly on it the wasn't continent, anything, right? Yeah, it wasn't anything that that completely devastated our, our uh, in, industrial sector, right? Uh, so um, the U.S. dollar was uh, pretty strong at the end of World War II. Like I said, we had an industry. And in order to – so they banded together in the Geneva Convention or the Bretton Woods Agreement, right? Yeah. yeah. Bretton Woods, New Hampshire, yeah. right? Or Vermont, one of those – Fact check us on that, E-Rock. Please. So uh, they... Redwood, New Hampshire. All of Europe pretty much decided, like, hey, we're going to we're gonna pool our gold together and put it in the U.S. with the U.S. Treasury, which will increase the value of the dollar. Then we can use that dollar to help rebuild Europe. Europe. Right. Which makes sense, okay? And But they did this on the promise. It was a handshake agreement that the U.S., we promise the government. We Just trust promise us. We're not going to print so too much money. Then we have, you know, then what this is worth. What they agreed upon, what the worth is, which I, I can't remember what what they agreed upon at that time. It doesn't really matter. Fast forward, you know, a couple decades to thirty the, trillion. We just the Vietnam War. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, just a couple decades, and you know this war machine that is the U.S. military industrial complex is reefing it. Wreaking havoc through frickin' North Vietnam. Right? And they're winning every battle. Well, according to military intelligence, yeah, they won every battle, okay. 
But just look at the, the 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 capabilities that they had. All these crazy new war machines, all the stuff that they had improved upon since the World War II, it made it blatantly obvious to the rest of the world that the U.S. was printing more money than they had in gold. They're like, dude. So finally in the 70s, France, out of all countries, was the first country to have enough balls to go out to the U.S. and be like, we want our gold back. I'm one of those few people that think that the French are pretty badass from time to time, man. From time to time. They can be. Anyway, but France, like I said, was the first country to ask for their gold back. You know, all that gold that we supposedly have in Fort Knox doesn't belong to the U.S. That was most likely all of Europe's gold in there and stuff. I can't, don't quote me on that. I can't prove that. But anyway. and then For entertainment Nixon, purposes for only. For entertainment purposes only. So then Nixon, you know, told the Secretary of the Treasury no. We're not because France is like we want our gold back, and Nixon was like, "No, I don't think so." You know, because that would that would have been devastating on the economy, right? You know, uh, so what they did, Nixon, with that powerful military that they had created, and showed the world that they can, you know, turn any object into a nail, and they're the hammer that they can smash down. They can drop some bombs. They can drop some bombs, bro, <laughs> on bro. on Southeast Asia. Yeah, boom, and some Agent Orange. <laughs> You know, so um, <clears throat> so Nixon made a deal with the Saudis and uh, um, and all these OPEC countries, the Saudi Arabians and the U.S. Uh, November 27th. Oh, what is this? Nixon signs the Emergency Petroleum Act. Yep. Allocation Act authorizing price production, allocation of marking controls. Uh, Arab oil min- ministries agreed to another 5% production cut for non-federally countries in January 1974. So, so okay. What's yeah, that source? That. Uh, that was, well, that was a Wikipedia source, but mm-hmm. Bloomberg okay. down here. Bloomberg. Our I'm source in Bloomberg. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get better on our sources. So, um, anyways, so Nixon made this deal with the Saudis. He said, if you only trade oil in U.S. dollars and U.S. bonds then you know we'll back you up militarily we'll we'll you know which is really funny because like when they were saying saddam hussein was this bad guy doing all this bad stuff to his own people and then you look at what the saudis are doing and it's the same stuff almost well he was a nice little buffer in between saudi arabia and iran too right uh yeah yeah he uh, (laughs) i mean he was a very useful tool for the u.s government until he wasn't and the saudis oh yeah oh yeah um yeah so that's a whole other, we can get in a whole other podcast on that. So the petrodollar is any U.S. dollar paid to an oil exporting country in exchange for oil. The dollar is the permanent uh, global currency currently right now, uh, World Reserve. As a result, most international transactions, including oil, are priced in dollars. Oil exporting nations receive dollars for their exports, not their own currency. In addition, most oil exporting nations own their own oil industries. That makes their national income dependent on the dollar's value. If it falls, so does their government's revenue. As a result, most of these oil exporting uh, exporters also peg their currency to the dollar. That way, if the dollar's value falls, so does the price of their domestic goods and services. That helps these countries avoid wide swings in inflation or deflation, allegedly. So, also, just a little bit more history about the petrodollar. 
a deal was signed in, in uh, 1944, the Bretton Wood, Woods Agreement, okay? So on February 14, 1945, President FDR initiated the alliance with Saudi Arabia. He met with Saudi King Abdel al-Aziz, and the United States built an airfield in uh, Dharan, Saudi Arabia, in return for military and business training. Uh, this alliance was so critical that it survived subse subsequent years of differences of opinion over the Arab-Israeli conflict. So, <coughs> and then um, what we were getting at with Nixon in, uh, in 1971, uh, many countries asked to redeem their U.S. dollars for gold and in order to, quote-unquote, protect the, the, uh, the U.S. dollar. There, um, President Richard Nixon removed the dollar from the gold standard. The United States uses the power of the petrodollar to enforce its foreign policy. Um, but many countries don't fight back. They're afraid it would mean the collapse of the petrodollar system, allegedly, or they just can't fight back. I mean, look at our U.S. military. It's, uh, it's a killing machine, right? So, for example, the United States sanctioned Iran for refusing to halt its development of potential n nuclear weapons, which that's a whole other thing we're going to get into is uh, why Iran hates us so much. That's a, that's a very interesting story. But uh, similarly, it hit Russia with trade embargoes for invading Crimea, uh, Crimea and creating the crisis in U Ukraine, or now the war in Ukraine, um, which we'll get into that also in another episode because... The, the embargoes that we put on really didn't do much of anything but um, help strengthen Russia as far as my research goes. Um, but anyway, uh, China called for a replacement for the U.S. dollar as the global currency um, a few years ago. But ironically, China is one of the largest foreign holders of the dollar. And uh, China influences the U.S. dollar by pegging its currency, the yen, to it. So it's a very interesting symbiotic relationship, um, and things could get uh, could get a little could get a little hairy here coming up soon. So anyway, what we're getting to here is that this global dominance is pretty much coming to an end because well, the Russians and the Chinese, as far as current monetary theory, have, I mean, in comparison to current monetary theory, they've ripped a page right out of Adam Smith's book and uh, applied it right. Adam Smith. Well, hard money. So they recently, the crux of what we were just about to talk about here is that the Russians pinned 5,000 rubles, I want to say 5,000 rubles, to one gram of gold. Uh, so, yeah. so now, if you invest in their currency, you're getting a hard inf inflationment. 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 <laughs> play, play the clip. Play the clip. <laughs> Inflationment. Uh, yeah, we gotta find a clip for you. <laughs> <laughs> I have my own. You gotta find one. Inflation resistant. Um, yes. Sort S of currency. to a degree, currency, and uh, as a result of the sanctions of them uh, invading Ukraine, which is a whole other thing that we need to talk about there because yeah, that's another episode. Yeah, uh, I guess I'll throw out that that's. A really good argument can be made that that's a more defensive move than the United States has ever made. I mean, made in anybody's lifetime, for the most part. World War II generation. There's obviously oh, well. a whole different <coughs> ball game there. But 
you know, Vietnams Thank and you. Koreas and, and Iraqs <laughs> and Afghanistans. <laughs> Grenadas and, and Libyas. Somalias. And Syrias. <laughs> and Malis. And <laughs> Zimbabwe's. And <laughs> oh, my gosh. Lebanon. And yeah. <laughs> go on down the list. Oh, dude. <laughs> Uh, sorry, jokes on us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we're laughing. All right, but okay, and yeah, real quick, just hitting back to that though, the importance of that petrodollar was that forced the rest of the world to purchase oil with only U.S. dollars. So they had to exchange their currency and for U.S. dollars to buy gold, which meant the U.S. dollar would always be in circulation somewhere in the world. That that would that's keeping it afloat. If so, you need oil to motor your economy. Which is everywhere. Which is the reason most of us didn't die in the first two years of our lives. <laughs> well, we're not living like the Aborigines in, in Australia any, anymore. <laughs> is uh, well, because the dollar was in circulation, and people were holding on to it, right? R- right. Yeah. This people, is the only way that you buy keep, crude oil from the Saudis. To, yeah, they had to keep it in circulation. They had to keep it in their bank accounts, other countries, you know. But that time is coming to an end. Here and and with the U.S. Okay, so you look at the last countries that were in a direct threat to the U.S. dollar, which one of them was Iraq, because remember he wanted to move away from selling. He was an OPEC country. He wanted to move away from selling oil to euros. The the argument is that he did begin selling oil in euros. Saddam Hussein, to be precise, right? Yeah, Uh, in 2002. Prior to the invasion. Yeah, in 2002. And then by 2003... We were invaded, and we were invaded. No, we invaded. <laughs> we invaded them. Yeah, we were invaded by the Nazis. That did it, you know, Operation Paperclip. A whole other deal. Well, that actually, actually was the CIA that brought them in. So, or the, I should say, the OSS. That was before the CIA was created. But whole other story. Petro whole other Dollar. story. Yeah, I'd like to get some authors on the show from books that wrote some books about some of the stuff to interview. You know, it'd be and, really good as well as uh, authors would be sponsors. Oh yeah, sponsors would be great. We're gonna try to talk our ass off like a bunch of scotch drinking, red redneck Americans, <laughs> red blooded red American. rednecks. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, and hey, also just let everybody know, you know, we don't really have political views. I mean, we have opinions about politics. Speak for yourself, TP. Well, okay, I'm just going to say this. Nobody here in this room is an ROD, so... I might still be registered as one of them, but... Are you really? I might. I do. I've been registered as a Green Party since I was 18. (laughs) (laughs) But, I mean... Because uh, that's when I was like, Ralph Nader's going to legalize <laughs> weed, man. <laughs> we got to get him on board with this guy, dude. Oh, dude, that'd be, you know what? You know what would be really fun? <laughs> we should get Ralph Nader on this show, dude. Just uh, I'm how? sure he's pretty busy, but that'd be pretty cool. <laughs> What's he if, we, if we got people like Ralph Nader on this show, I bet the sponsor thing would would, would happen up, yeah. pretty. Well, what's Ralph been busy with lately? Is Ross Perot still alive? Because that would be really interesting. I don't know. Okay. Iraq, I just literally just told you not to be using Google, and you're bur- <laughs> okay, Google. On July 9th, 2019, and the place of death is Dallas, Texas. Hmm. Was Ross? It? Apparently, he's dead. Bro, he died in 2019. I guess a giant sucking right. sound. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, you're gonna hear a giant sucking sound. <laughs> this is the last time you'll ever hear that that wench Siri on our freaking show. 
No. Don't ever use Google in my presence again. <laughs> what are you, some type of communist? For real, though. Don't use Google, dude. Please duck, duck, go stuff. Because I thought I just saw something recently that DuckDuckGo is compromised too now. So is it really? Look I that up. Know. See if it is. I don't know. <laughs> Look it up, nerd. <laughs> <laughs> this freaking idiot. So basically, sorry, I didn't mean that. So basically, what the um, United States government has walked us right into is yeah. economic devastation. As most people would, I you know, I the thing I got going for me is that I I could live in a teepee and be happy. Yeah. So I, but I, I think that there's a, a lot of people who don't realize like how readily available we've had simple shit like uh, running water, electricity, heat, vehicles, AC. People in the rest of the world don't really feel bad for our high gas prices because they've uh, been paying this shit for fucking yeah, ever. Yeah, they've been paying like $3 for they a liter. They don't give a fuck. They don't the feel pass. bad for you. And then, oh, by the way, like yeah. we, if we get into a position where we really need help, like food shortages and shit like that, we, they don't care. We've thrown no. food away forever. Yeah, I know. It's ridiculous. Uh, so I worked at a fast food joint once, okay, two weeks my whole life. It was the worst job I probably ever had. Not because the job was hard. The job was super easy. Just dumb. Easy. Right? It was I still managed to mess mine up because I was, <laughs> you know, getting stoned. That was when I started getting Well, that was the stuff. problem with the other employees. Is they were, That's why it was a terrible place to work because the other employees were One just... Big Mac, please. <laughs> not, yeah. not you, though, huh? <laughs> uh, you just made the Big Mac. Well, I had to walk there because my car was broke down for that two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I would, you know... By the time I would get there, I was completely sober. So oh. <laughs> I don't walk that off. Oh, right? oh. <laughs> no, anyway. No, it was ridiculous, dude. Um, but uh, at the end of the day, if we had a surplus of food. Oh, yeah, let's toss it. Just throw it away. I'm like. Dumpster. Yeah, I was like, well, you know, can I get one of these burgers if we're going to toss them? The manager's like, well, you got to buy it. I'm like, so yeah. we'd rather throw in the trash. I'm like, what if we took this down to like King's Harvest? And they're like, no. You just throw it away. What's King's Harvest? That, uh, there's a ministry in downtown Davenport, sorry, that's, uh, no. food kitchen, soup we, kitchen. We, that's an animal. So are, so. Is that an animal one? <laughs> so are we disclosing where we're at? <sighs> well, are we going to talk about local news or that's are we going to have I'm local? Wondering. That's what I'm wondering. Well, I, we're in the QCA. Yeah, why not? Come find us. I just figured we're gonna edit and cut most of this part out. But. Who cares? Anyway, Boom. Theo. So let's get into this ruble uh, in the gold standard. So what else? You know, what else does this mean? Well, it means that the cost of goods and services for every American are about to raise significantly. Yeah, yeah, that's. Uh, so right now, obviously, or it's going be, to take more dollars that, yes. to obtain them, which is 
Inflation. Yes. Okay. So we're already witnessing inflation. They've been telling us about this inflation. And part of this inflation being created also uh, that are, that's happening is, uh, in my personal opinion, it's man-made. You know, we've, had, we've been having uh, these how many years of quantitative easing and this giant <laughs> bubble just being built. Wasn't that a 2008 term that was one of that was really mainstreamed? Mm, Obama quantitative easing. Thanks, Obama. Quantitative easing. Well, yeah. no, 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 no. Ben Bernanke. Oh yeah, yeah. The Fed, he was running the Fed at that time. Helicopter it was his ben. idea. Yeah. Helicopter Ben. But it was due to the Obama administration. Timothy Geithner. Wow. Yeah. Look at you taking this down a trip down memory lane. Yeah, I mean it was. <laughs> Well, you know, it was more than a decade ago. That's crazy it was, to think but, about. You know, it's it's made such an impact now, and if people forget all this stuff, dude. The term quantitative easing was coined by a German economist, Richard Werner, who was visiting fellow at the Bank of Japan in 1995. Werner advocated quantitative easing as a way to overcome limitations of the bank interest rate policy. The Bank of Japan, however, only introduced QE. March 19, 2001 until 2006, yada, yada, yada. So it was invented by an American in Japan. That's all according to Wikipedia. Stop. We can't use Wikipedia. <laughs> if you can't use it for a college-grade essay, <laughs> we're not going to use it for... This is entertainment purposes, but yeah. People are going to listen to this and be like, they're using Wikipedia as a source. I'm not listening to these morons because that's what I would do. Well, people use the U.S. government as a source, so... <laughs> They're called boomers. Jen Saki, <laughs> Jen Saki goes out there spitting truth. Oh yeah. <laughs> she, she said something the other day to the effect of like, uh, as we are all advising you, like telling the media. I can't remember exactly what it was, but like telling the yeah. media, this is your truth. Trust your government. Government is your god. That's so. Remember back in the sixties. Uh, no, I was not born. I was born I in the 80s. So. Yeah, I wasn't either. I wasn't even a sperm then. But anyway, so there used to be only like, what, eight channels on TV, on broadcast television? Right? Something like that. Okay. On the airwaves. On the airwaves. And then they would shut them down. Analog. Yep. They would shut them down at like 11 o'clock midnight or whatever it was. Okay. And they would always play the uh, national anthem. And they would show all these monuments in Washington, D.C., and they would have the, the, the lyrics. They would just have the music playing for the national anthem, and they would have the lyrics scrolling across the bottom. They would literally scroll across left to right, okay? Well, now, in today's technology that we have, some people found that when they slowed those clips down, there was other words being pushed in front of the lyrics, which... You Are you bullshitting right now? Can you, dude? Look it up right now. Um... Uh, that guy, Bert, what's his name? They got punched in the face by Buzz Aldrin. He did a really good video on it. But anyway, uh, and it says messed up stuff like trust your government, government is your God, blah, 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 blah. And it was, it was, it was like scrolling out in front of... This is in the 60s and whatnot? Yeah. Yeah, this is straight up MK Ultra era stuff, right? That, really? Oh, you know, yeah, it's crazy, dude. It was like, it's... <sighs> Should be able to pull up that clip. So programming, pro, like get a nationalist programming. Yeah, uh, that that's complete, you know, brainwashing. Vietnam. Yeah. 
I've only ever been to Washington, D.C. once, and it seemed to me like one massive memorial to a death cult. You know what I'm saying? Say that again. It's like a memorial to a death cult. Like a like a bunch of uh, effigies for some death cult. It's like, yeah, we lost 58,000 in this one. I'm not trying to minimize. No, no, no. 58,000 young men. And I'm sh- maybe there were some women in Vietnam. I don't know if that ever happened if there was a female casualty. But, but uh yeah, but no, here, let's let's put their names on a black granite wall, you know, like like it's worth it. Well. Was it? <laughs> well, I think we, I can conclusively know, say no. I mean, especially when we know now, I mean, in the Gulf of Tonkin incident was a uh, based on fabrications and half truths mm. at best. Yeah. A uh, false flag, so to say, right? Didn't actually happen, but cat, and that's the whole messed up thing, dude. It pushed the whole country into war, and then they didn't have volunteers like they did during World War II because we weren't attacked, right? So then they did what's even the most more messed up thing. Let's draft all these young men to go fight in a war that they don't have any. I think they're called doing. conscripts, uh, right? Yeah. Isn't that what they're called? I don't. Uh, I don't know. Is it? That's well. I mean, that's what they're called. Like when it happens in the Soviet Union. So. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, but here in America, since we're not commies, we draftees, <laughs> like, <laughs> like yeah. we give them the the, the honor of a, a draft horse, right? Not, a, I don't know, a draft horse, some conscript <laughs> Russian soldier, for God's sakes. Government subliminal messaging. Here it is. Sublim. That's what it is. Subliminal messaging. They're fucking with me subliminally. All right. Do I need to send this to you, E-Rock? So it's playing. This is what they used to broadcast. Keep in mind that our listeners cannot see. Right. It's the just pictures of, you know. It's a beautiful American flag. Flag waving in the wind. You had the Golden Great Bridge. Beautiful subtitles that I can't read. Yeah. Over the land of the free. Over the land of the home. Of the, the brave. brave. Why is there a question mark at the end of it? Notice that each time the text scrolls, blah, blah, blah. Oh, I see how they're supposed to be like flipping the letters, kind yeah. of. Yeah, it's in the transition of the words when they change. Dude, there's been there's been brainwashing and subliminal messaging to being done to us since we us uh, being alive right here since we've been born and being fed PBS and other horse schnite, uh, Disney and all this other crap. Look how much subliminal messaging and shits in there, dude. Yeah, there's some awesome nature documentaries on PBS though, right? I mean, these days on YouTube, you can look up like Wyoming PBS. And anyway, sorry to change the subject, but no, yeah, no, good. seriously, you I mean, see where I'm going. What an absolutely great avenue to program people, right? Oh, and then through 
How much have you learned about the government since you've been out of school? Well, more than I learned in school. <laughs> yeah. Why is that? <laughs> well, first of all, I remember the teacher, and I, I know that you guys remember the name, and we won't n- name the high school that we went to or anything like that. And yes, all three of us went to the same high school, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, mm. it smells good. Yeah, dude. I like. I remember my senior year just getting the impression that that dude was a turd nugget, just spewing some bullshit. Like yeah. literally say, saying, like I remember one time he literally said in high school that uh, the Constitution is, and not so many. He didn't say the word antiquated, but he said, you know, it, outdated. It, it, essentially, yeah, yeah. I've heard it's no good anymore. Like I mean, too. it's kind of like the just regurgitated bullshit. And it's like, why, why are you teaching American government then, you dummy? Yeah, yeah. So the weird thing about that is, is that that's that's not an unusual story. So that happened at just our school in Podunk, Iowa, right? So I've talked to people from different states, different times, okay, different uh, older guys that I used to work with. Literally everybody that I've talked to that remembers their government class from school all said the same thing about the teacher. He He or she was boring, dull, and they don't remember a thing about that. So it makes me think, like, uh, was that intentional then? Like... They, you, the worst teachers that they get, they're like, guess what? You're a government teacher now because you suck, and we don't want these kids learning this trash anyway. I thought that was most classes, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, they they have ones and twos, dude. I had some fun in some high school classes. Well, yeah, but it, you know, you still fail if you enjoy well, the class and don't junk, turn homework. Dude, in. Like DeSanta passing that uh, law down in Florida now, where they want to start teaching kids um, accounting and how how to fill out like. Uh, their checkbook and stuff like that. Yeah, it's just the basic uh, financial aptitude in order why, to graduate yeah. high school, I believe, right? Why that should be everywhere. You yeah, that's think, pretty common sense right? shit. But I mean, but well, I was never I still can't. in school. Like, huh? Luckily, I married a lady that can though. Yeah, I married an Asian woman. She's good with numbers. So. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Yeah, she's good with numbers. <laughs> that's why she became an accountant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, hey can sniff out value man that's right (laughs) she's 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 a generation away from a village in southeast asia right she really is (laughs) i mean literally her mom her mom is an immigrant that grew up uh where her babysitter was a bamboo tree that she was tied to (laughs) (laughs) for real for like for like five years of her life (laughs) so it's crazy hearing stories yeah, and you know, she and she's she's a U.S. citizen now. She and she knows more about our our government and our history than most U.S. citizens do because she had to take all those classes to get her citizenship and stuff. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's like, uh, and she loves America. She loves opportunity. But yeah, hearing her story is crazy. Just about the stuff that she went through when she was growing up. These kids nowadays in our country would have committed suicide. <laughs> <laughs> they would have like. They wouldn't have been able to handle it, but that was like unheard of in, in their village. Also. So, and that's another thing. Actually, Ben Shapiro had a uh, very good uh, talk about that where he uh, argued that uh, suicide is a very first world upper class problem. Yeah, you I've seen other people write about this subject as well. well yeah, it's very, very interesting. You know, you don't see too many, um, I mean, uh, cultures uh, where, I mean, down in Mexico, dude, some of the, uh, some of the poorest places i've seen dude for i mean besides afghanistan but those people i mean they had some of the they were some of the nicest happiest people you will ever meet in your life dude they're just regular joe's trying to live their life and uh 
they're not all depressed because their their uh, phone charger doesn't reach their bed. You went to Afghanistan on vacation, or yeah, dude, I did. A, I did a. <clears throat> it was a good time. It was <laughs> it was an exploration. Beautiful mountain views. There, yeah, it was good. It was good. We saw some beautiful poppy fields. Wildlife. Yeah, interacted with the locals. It was very nice. Yeah, th- yeah. We had a fox. We found a fox in a cave. It was cool. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Lots of dogs, camels. Do you have a uh, travel agency or anything that you could you could cite for us? Uh, yeah, it was the U.S. government. <laughs> <laughs> I flew for free. <laughs> <laughs> no passport involved. No, no passport. Yeah, yeah. I didn't have to get a passport until I got out. Uh, you know, of working for the government. Indexes trigger finger. This here is my passport. Oh, this <laughs> is my safety. Oh yeah, freaking <laughs> stupid. I hate that part in that movie. <clears throat> That's Black Hawk Down, by the way. Yeah, if you didn't know, your childhood sucked. So. Black Hawk Down brings up another excellent segue into, uh, you know, just questions that people don't ask, like, uh, what the hell were we doing in Somalia? Right. Like, what what interest does the United States government have in Somalia? Duh, dude. Trying to spread democracy one bullet at a time. One Black Hawk at a time. (laughs) One Black Hawk (laughs) Down at a time. (laughs) Oh, that's brutal. It's just, it's a really poor joke. Oh, Lord forgive us. But, uh... Oh, no. I mean, you know, that was a funny thing, too, that I learned about Somalia was, uh, you know, everybody knows the Rangers were there and stuff, right, uh, because of that movie Black Hawk Down. And uh, what they don't know, what a lot of people don't know is that the Marines were there. And this was back when they were there prior. Then actually uh, there was a withdrawal, right? Right, right. Yeah. The Marines pulled out. The Army came in. And I then, believe that the book describes that. Y- yes, I believe you're correct. So it was funny. So they called. They used to call the U.S. Marines white sleeves, okay? Because back then the Marines, uh, during in their camis, they would roll their sleeves in combat, and uh, which is just a Marine Corps tradition, you know. With the like exterior showing, or your arm, your form, yeah. The the interior of the of the cami of the cami showing. Yep. So, so it looked white. It looked white as opposed to desert. Whatever right. yep. pattern. Yeah, so they called them the white sleeves and the and the skinnies. Yeah, that's what he, you know they called them, right? The Somalians, the combatant enemy combatants, called the U.S. Marines the white sleeves, and they learned real quick not to mess with the white sleeves. You don't hear anything about what happened, you know, with the Marines getting attacked like the the army did, right? I believe the book explains it was uh, Rangers. The Rangers, which are Rangers are yeah, and those guys are nobody to mess with. And Tenth Mountain. But here's, you know, and I'm not trying to be biased or anything, but <clears throat> Marines are really good at pretty much one thing, and that's just killing everything they see, right? <laughs> it's, just, it's just like in Full Metal Jacket, dude, during their Christmas, you know, God has a hard-on for Marines because we kill everything we see. <laughs> and to show appreciation for this great power that he has, we make sure to keep heaven filled full of fresh souls. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, like I said, Delta and Rangers, they're nobody to mess with either, dude, even back then, right? The skinnies just didn't know. They just know their first few engagements they got in with the Marines. The Marines just brutally, without fucking hesitation, killed everyone. <laughs> yes, please. Can I pour you a drink? Um, yes, sir. Por favor. 
it'd be really nice if this uh, scotch company wanted to advertise for us so we could mention what it was. Yeah, we're not going to say nothing now, though, because we're we're gentlemen like that. We don't want to we want to step on their toes. Yeah. <laughs> <coughs> so we have really kind of gotten off subject here. You know, <clears throat> this is just the pilot episode. I mean, it's really been a good one. The ruble, this happening, this is going to be something we're going to have to uh, address in the further thing. But, um, you know. Yeah, that's about good. Yeah, what a gentleman looking out for me. So, uh, I mean, yeah. I think uh, we. W- I'd really like to get um, somebody that has more information on the subject. Or on any subject matter, and we can dive in deeper about particular subjects. Um yeah, so we're going to be setting up a um, an email account for people to be sent to send some stuff to if you want. Like, uh, if we have any uh, people out here listening that would want to, uh, that would have any value that they could add to the show or other people's lives via through this media, reach out, right? We're gonna reach get, out. We're going to get that created first. Can't reach out yet. Perfect. Thank you. But we do have, we will have one guy. What's his name? Oh no. Um, as far as the other guy, we'll we'll see. We'll name him. We'll see if he wants to come on. We'll see if we can get some content going here. Place oh, to, yeah. you know, an avenue to 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 put our little recording here. Uh, I think he has one of his own, a platform that we could use to put up, put the stuff on, and and then maybe if he wants to come on, we can talk to him and. Yeah, I would. Uh, I'd love that to have him on. We should jam. Well, this concludes our first episode here on Iowa Talk Guys. We'd like to thank everybody that uh, is listening. Uh, just to let you know, we have more content coming down the pipeline. Um, we're gonna try to bring you guys uh, local and current events, and then even some uh, some specials that we're working on to try to uh, help educate everybody. So thanks a lot, guys, and uh, enjoy.